Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the latest Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. Thanks for being with us. As always, DA with you and... You can simply subscribe to the podcast by going to iTunes, search Permission Granted, and you'll get the normal subscription there, the its own feed. But it's also available on the normal DA Show iTunes feed, and it's also available on our website, daoncbs.com. Full episodes of everything available at all of those places. So Mraz joins me now. Mraz, is there anything you'd like to get off your chest before we get into some uh, nuts and bolts business that I've got for you? Uh, the only thing I'd like to get off my chest is, again, have to clear my name with the bet that I will partake in the bet on Monday and Tuesday of next week if you tune into the show. But as I said, if I eat one piece of cauliflower, my name should be expunged from any welching rumors that have been put out there as I will then have fulfilled the bet. Yeah, let's not – see, you're trying to get way ahead of this by saying, if I do this, I can no longer be called that. You have to first do your part, okay? And when you do your part <laughs> – <laughs> then you can make your argument, but you okay. can't do it before you even, you know, actually fulfill your side of the bet. Okay, so we could talk next Wednesday on whether I fulfilled it enough to everybody's liking. Yeah, and I think I'm being pretty fair here when I say originally when you just said simply I'm not eating because I found a loophole, that was definitely welching. Now, for you to say I will only eat a very small amount of cauliflower is not necessarily being a good loser in a bet, but... I am more understanding of that because Joe was so vague in how much cauliflower it is. I don't think he was vague in the fact that you need to eat cauliflower and not starve. I do think he was really vague in the fact that he never declared how much cauliflower you needed to eat. I agree. I think Joe has to learn the lesson here more than me going forward. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. But I see you have a lot of reference notes here you want to get into the PGP. So what do we got here? So number one. We were talking about the mac and cheese burger yesterday. Oh, yeah. Right. By the way, PGP always comes back to food in one way or another. As always. So this week's Nomad episode on YouTube was at the Ainsworth in New York City, which is the Alabama Alumni Bar. And I asked you if you were impressed by the mac and cheese burger, which I ate. That's their signature item. So I had it. I thought it was delicious. And you said, look, I'm not going to turn it away, but... It's not the most mind-blowing food ever, You, but you said you didn't think you'd ever had it before. Yeah, so I got to be fair in saying this. I, I don't believe, and I actually thought about this more as I went to sleep last night, that I've ever actually bitten into a mac and cheeseburger okay. for whatever reason, 
But I will say that if you would have told me you were having a mac and cheeseburger, say, 10 years ago, I take you back to the year 2006, my mind probably would have been blown. <laughs> okay. The point is we have come up with so many crazy concoctions that I've definitely passed a mac and cheeseburger along the way at various menus. And the reason for me not ordering that could have been as simple as something else crazy was out there or something else I was hankering for. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean if you put a mac and cheeseburger in front of me, I'm going to go, ew, gross. Matter of fact, I'd probably enjoy it and get cheese all over my face. But as a signature item, I get why it's a signature item, but it's not as cra- – it's like, you know, when the flea flicker was first run in the NFL, people, minds are blown. You see a flea flicker today, like, oh, it's kind of cool. Not, not many people do that, but you've still seen it. So are we living through the golden age of crazy food now? I think we are. If mac and cheeseburger has taken a backseat within 10 years. I think we are. I mean, you're seeing burgers made as donuts being, you know, hamburger buns. Yeah. You're seeing all these crazy ballpark foods and, you know, foot-long hot dogs with, you know, freaking Cracker Jacks on them. You, you see everything now. So anytime I do see something I've never seen before, my jaw does drop. But my jaw did not drop on the mac and cheeseburger, which tells me I've definitely passed it from time to time. So I bring this up because um, I went on the Ainsworth's Instagram page because uh, I sent them a post on Instagram. I posted uh, part of the video on my Instagram and then at mentioned them. And then I, I saw that they had a handle. So I clicked on it and they actually have what I did not see at the restaurant, which is kind of like a blueprint of the mac and cheeseburger. Okay. They lay so, it out there. Yeah, and so I didn't know there were two items on this that I didn't bring up to you and I didn't cite or reference in well, the video. this could change everything. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. So number one, I don't know if you're a huge bun guy, but it's a toasted sesame brioche bun. I like it, and I've often said this, and this is coming from somebody that worked at Subway. Again, sandwich artist my whole life. Bread can often make a sandwich, burger, anything like that. Mm. I like where they went there. There's other ways you could have gone. I, I would have went probably pretzel roll in this situation, but oh, I respect them. Okay, interesting. So then there's the creamy mac and cheese, obviously, which everybody saw. Under the mac and cheese is melted cheddar and provolone. And I guess I didn't realize this mm. because there is mac and cheese all over it. And so I had no idea. Does that enhance the burger? It absolutely does. It absolutely does okay. because most to a naked eye would assume the mac and cheese serves as the, cheese, as the cheese on the burger. I thought it did. But not only do they go one cheese there, they go two cheeses, then the mac and cheese, and now you're talking about basically a burger that was just served in Wisconsin, essentially, now being in the heart of New York City. I love that. Is there too much cheese there? I don't think so. Maybe for somebody like Jolt and Joe, not for me. Okay. And I like the combo there because you get the, the provolone, which kind of has like the Italian twist on it, but it melts pretty good. And the cheddar, as opposed to an American, which kind of has a little tad bit of a sharper taste, you combine those two with the texture of the macaroni and the, you know, whatever bland cheese goes on macaroni cheese. We also I guess probably, it's American. It's probably like a Velveeta kind of deal. Which is American. Serves right? as American. Or but cheddar. Yeah, it's like a combo. It's, you know. But regardless, you put all three of those powerhouses together, well, that's like the building the Warriors. You know what I mean? Okay, and then I didn't realize this. I guess I thought maybe there was an onion ring under the burger, but under the burger patty is panko-crusted mac and cheese. So I guess... Oh, so it's double mac? You got regular mac on top, panko on the bottom? I suppose so, and I didn't know this. job by you. I didn't know. I've been telling everybody for the last 24 hours this was a big rebound episode for Nomad because I truthfully felt like it was. (laughs) But in what we've discussed here in, in... Talking about the food and you showing the food or whatever the food of choice can yeah. be, and many of these episodes and not all, you got to go over details like this, man. I know. You can't wing it. And I, I, you know, know. what? Something tells me maybe you're rushing the production quality on a Tuesday when you're putting this thing together. <sighs> I'll tell you what. If I Attention to detail, man. If, if I would have found this map, this blueprint of the burger, I would have superimposed this over because this is such a good diagram. I didn't know it existed. 
I'm almost wondering if I had this mac and cheeseburger. I, think because, that, I know the problem, DA. Because when I cut it open and I showed it to the camera, did anybody see a panko-crusted mac and cheese under it? No, but it's not about sight. It's about taste. And uh-huh. here's your problem, DA. Yeah. As was noted in Nomad, you brought, you included, three of the skinniest guys in America yeah. to go eat a mac and cheeseburger at a, at a bar you need a slob with you, or Maybe. at least a Kobayashi-esque Maybe. person who would be Maybe. able to pick that out and describe that. I mean, let's be fair here. If you put me or an Andy Gresh uh-huh. or, uh, you know, insert guy who likes food here, we're going to sniff the panko out. A big red. A big red. We're going <laughs> to sniff the panko out. You didn't. So maybe they rushed it out and it was a busy Saturday and they didn't include it. Could be. Maybe. Or maybe you just, there's not enough attention to detail in your taste buds. Yeah, also... Learning experience for future nomads, by the way. Just uh, a learning experience. I think you're right. I'm willing to take this on the chin here. Also, it's a very loud, chaotic game atmosphere. Sure. The game's being broadcast. Vern and Gary Danielson are being blasted on all the speakers. Then during commercial break, they blast top 40 music and, like, dance music so people can, like, really get into it. So you don't have a chance to really, like, just... Calm down, eat your food, watch the game, and have some type of... Uh, a lot of intensity in there. Yeah. So I maybe I was just distracted. Maybe there was one too many Miller lights in there. I don't know. Could be. But all of that... Uh, look, I'm making excuses here. There's no doubt about it. You I'm, sound like me after a bad show. I'm making a lot... <laughs> Making a lot of excuses. I just wanted to know when I saw this, I said, would this change your mind about the mac and cheese? Yes, it would. Okay. It would. I like the extra dose of cheese, and I like the different breadcrumbs they put up there. Okay. Very good. Um... We are getting um, a few visitors here inside the studio. Yes. W- wondering what this is all about. Yes. Hold this on. This is interesting. Doing a little tour here. This oh, studio. okay. Very good. Um, okay. Would you want to continue? Sure. Or do we sure. Wanna... It's the PGP. Okay. Let's keep rolling. Okay. So with the PGP, so this is a, this is a national it's very loud. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like um, it's a, l- a little B-roll, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So this is good. So, so Mraz and I are taping the PGP, and there's some guests that have come into the studio. They're watching uh, Mraz and I do this. Um, so this is interesting. Maybe their first introduction to radio. That's always very exciting. So anyway, my buddy Mark, who you knew know as Penzner, aka Penzi, love Penz, aka Penz, uh, big listener to the show, and he asked if you and I would be guest pickers of his. Um, his friend, like this personal league that he has with his buddies um, of football games over the course of a season. I guess they have like a season-long competition. You've got to pick them against the spread every single week. And every week, the loser of the previous week has to hire a guest picker or set up a guest picker to help them do picks the next week. Oh, that's pretty cool. So Penn's lost last week because he's a disa- he's a disaster. <laughs> I'm surprised this is the first week he's lost. I am surprised. I, actually, I think he probably has lost before, but we just haven't been the guest pickers before. Okay. So he reached out to me and said, would you guys be able to do this? And he said, the only thing is the guest picker oftentimes just simply sends us um, an email with the picks and with two or three sentences describing the picks. For you guys, since he listened to the show so much and he's a diehard PGP listener, he said, if you guys wouldn't mind doing a segment, that would be great. So I said, Is well, he aware of my up-the-gut record for the year? I'm not <laughs> sure. He probably is because he's a diehard listener. But um, my thought was, there's no chance in hell that we're wasting a segment on the real show to do this. <laughs> uh, sorry, Pence. As much as I love you, there's no way in hell. So, But I, fu- I thought the PGP might be a fun way to do it. The PGP always serves as a platform for something like this. So here's the deal. 
usually they use the guest pickers not in a hard kind of football analysis kind of way, but something a little bit lighthearted, okay? So he said you can choose the, the way that you pick or by what kind of virtue you pick these games. So there's a set of games that I have in front of me, and what I felt would be fun would be, since Halloween is coming up, have the guests left? The guests have just left, which, by the way, we have note, to keep this in. We have to keep this in. What are the weirdest things? I tell this guy as he's bringing guests in. By the way, all right, so this all ties in. Roger Goodell is in the studio tonight. He's doing a one-on-one with Gary Myers in our theater tonight. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's a ton of people here tonight in the studios, touring the studios. And whoever this was, I assume it's a guy from sales, just swung the door open to a bunch of guests. It goes, oh, you on the air? He goes, yeah. He keeps talking, gives me the one finger, like... You were on the air, like stay out of the studio. Right. Brought everybody in. I was like, all right, well, I guess everybody's just coming in here. Uh, probably the least amount of courtesy I've ever seen, but you know what? It's the PGP, so we'll let it roll. And everybody's talking behind you. Right, like my mic is on. I'm talking. Like, does, has nobody listened to the radio before? <laughs> <laughs> they thought they could just walk into the control room and just keep talking. Just keep talking. Which... And then they're just looking at me through the window from the control room. And they're taking pictures of you. And Marco Belletti, to his credit, we all love Marco on the show, has often said this. When this situation happens, we get treated like zoo exhibits. Correct. Where people are looking through the glass, yeah. banging on the glass, taking pictures, yeah. you you know, we are people. You could just say hello. Yeah, you know what? I might go Harambe on there. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird PGP. But you I guess we'll get back to the picks, right? Right, right, right. So, um, so I thought with Halloween coming up, here would be a fun way to do this for you and I. Okay. Let's take the two coaches of the games and ask ourselves who we would least trust trick-or-treating at their house. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I like it. A little twist. Okay, so we're, we have three NFL games, then the Monday night game. So we'll start with the Monday night game, Vikings and Bears. Would you least trust trick-or-treating at Mike Zimmer's house or John Fox's house? Mike Zimmer's? Yeah, same. He's a little edgy. It took him a while to get that job. Something... He's a little not politically correct. Right. Doesn't mean I wouldn't want him head coaching my team, but we're going absolutely. by trick-or-treating. Yes, absolutely. I that's that's the kind of guy who, you know, you're worried if he's sticking, you know, some kind of needles in the candy corn bags or something like that. Or he's just gonna flip out on you if you ring the doorbell too late. <laughs> right. So better coach Zimmer, guy I trust less at trick or treat time is Zimmer. Zimmer, for sure. So let's do Eagles Cowboys. Doug Peterson, this is a big game. Or Jason Garrett? Ooh, I think I actually would trust Jason Garrett more. I agree. I think Garrett's pretty trustworthy. I think he's a bad coach, more trustworthy at his house. He's a pretty kind, warm guy. And also, I mean, a lot of those rumors like we heard with Peterson and the secretaries in Kansas City and stuff. Exactly. I don't, you know, I don't want to be a father with, you know, my kids and I knock on the door and there's Peterson with my wife. I can't have that. That's not good for the kids. Yeah, because it it questions his ethics as well in all regards. For sure. Okay, so we're on the same page here. Patriots, Bills, Rex Ryan, Bill Belichick. You, you don't trust Bill Belichick as bunch as Rex Ryan stinks as a coach. He's going to have fun with the kids. He's probably got the funnest house on, on Halloween. I think you love trick-or-treating at Rex Ryan's house because he's sparing no expense. Right. He's telling his wife to buy the king-size Three Musketeers or Snickers. For sure. Then again, there may not be candy left when you get to Rex's house. Because <laughs> he's eating it all. Because he's eating it all. But he's dressing up, and if he comes to the door, he's going to talk about every costume that is out there. For sure. Oh, what have you got there? Pocahontas? All right. <laughs> you knock on Belichick's door, and he's going to tell you he's on the November 1st. <laughs> not where you want to be for Halloween. Oh, we're on to Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> 
Two polar opposites when it comes to Halloween. Which, by the way, now we've all decided the three least trustworthy coaches on Halloween are the three better coaches. Yo, no question. No question. So if you could be trusted on Halloween, you likely can't coach in the NFL. (laughs) Okay. And then, well, this is a toss-up. Both of these are interesting to me. Um, (laughs) Chiefs and Colts is a good one because Andy Reid on Halloween is funny. And Chuck Pagano is a wild card, but I, I'm kind of leaning towards Lions, Texans, because what would the houses of Jim Caldwell or Bill O'Brien look like on Halloween? Yeah, and just going back to the Chiefs and Colts for a second, remember Pagano did say in a press release this year they're not going to eat you. That's a little creepy and True. stuff for Halloween. But if we're going out to the Texans and Lions. Well, which one's better there? I don't know. Maybe it is Andy Reid versus Chuck Pagano. I think it is. Okay. I, th- I do think it is. I mean, who cares about Bill O'Brien and Coldwell? Again, both can't coach. Okay. So, Reid or Pagano, who, where do you least trust the candy that you're getting? Pagano. I think yeah, you least trust. Definitely. Andy Reid's got a lot of Rex Ryan in him. The jolly fat guy. He's going to dress, dress like the Kool-Aid man <laughs> and do and do all that handout and, and talk with the costumes, the whole deal. And Pagano is just, uh, he's a weirdo. Like I said, they're not going to eat you. You know, that would creep me out if that voice was knocking on the door. Remember also the Pagano cried after the week two win last year against the Titans? Oh, yeah. So he's wound. Like if he sees a good R2-D2 costume, is he going to (laughs) break down into tears? He's wound so tight. So tight. So I think that we're in agreement here. So far, we agree the better coach is where you want to go trick-or-treating at. Or no, you don't want to go. You don't want to go. Yeah, if you're a better head coach. Although Pagano sucks as a head coach, so maybe we're three and one here. Oh, okay. Yeah, good point. But I like this exercise. This may be how I pick my games for now on this year. (laughs) Uh, So we have to pick the college game day site. And this week is Washington at Utah in Salt Lake City. So I don't know if we know too much about either one of these guys. Um, from the Utah side, we've got Kyle Whittingham. Whittingham's been a friend of the show for a long time. Friend of the show. Um, and then we have Chris Peterson, formerly of Boise State, who's now at Washington, and uh, the Huskies are 7-0. and Well, I'll go based on this. I'll go based on producing. Kyle, okay. Kyle Whittingham, more, more willing to join our show frequently. I've reached out for Peterson several times. Oh, you have? Never gotten a response. So I'd say I trust the guy who's willing to hang with us on the show to go trick-or-treating at. Whittingham. Whittingham. That's the way that was. If he's more personable and more willing to come, okay. so to speak, hang with us on the phone, okay. then I would think I would trust my kids trick-or-treating there more than I would trust a guy who won't even answer an email. Or- okay. That's fair. I'm going to disagree. I think uh, Chris Peterson's really mild-mannered Okay, at Boise State years of just saying the, the right thing, credit to the opposing team, never getting too high. His team's never had any type of arrogance or issues, really. Um, so I'm, I'm going to trust him more. So I say I, I trust Kyle Whittingham's house less, but probably shades of gray there. Okay. All right. So, so that's the only, the only one we disagree on. Yeah. College football. Also, let's do Michigan, Michigan state. Do you want to trick or treat at Mark D'Antonio's house or Jim Harbaugh's house? I think you want to trick or treat at Harbaugh's house. He's going to answer the door in the khakis. His wife seems like a lot of fun throwing him under the bus with the khakis. I bet you that's a fun that's house. That's true, actually, when you bring that the up. The wife, I think, adds a little something mm, there. That's not a bad point. I don't know. Tony doesn't do much for me on either way. I don't think you're losing at Halloween with either, but I'm looking for more fun at a house, and I think I'm having more fun knocking on the hard boys' door. Well, D'Antonio's a stiff, 
Okay, he's yeah. just he's an old codger that's not going to be too excited either way. But the thing is, Harbaugh's a wild card. I mean, you could imagine him coming out of the house and like making you do laps. Right, exactly, and earning and, your hundred grand bar. Yeah, and I Dan, don't know if I want that. And D'Antonio, you can knock on the door. And, like, he's the guy who's going to come out with, like, a payday. And you're going to go, well, <laughs> now I just got to hand this to my dad because I'm not eating a payday because I'm not 64 years old. Um, Clemson, Florida State. Jimbo Fisher versus Dabo. This, am I allowed to say Jimbo because he's a little more accepting? <laughs> a little more accepting of? People's sexuality? Oh, has Dabo been anti-homosexual? Oh, yeah, I guess he has. He has. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, with, so you don't know. He with, could be. Yeah, who knows with him with costumes at this kind of holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's true. I can only say that on the PGP. Guys in costumes, you never know. He's Great react. coach, Dabo. I'm just saying on the PGP, and you're asking me this kind of question. Well, and Dabo's a bit of a psychopath sometimes. Yeah. I think he'd be a more fun house potentially because he'd probably have you Bring your own guts, bring your own candy, bring your own bag, yeah, bring your own costume. Wants, who the heck wants to bring their own candy? Yeah, I know. I. It's a great question. And obviously we see what everybody in Florida State's gotten away with. So you can get away with a lot more Jimbo's house. That's a really good point, actually. <laughs> that's, that's an excellent, excellent point. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's a wash here. It could be. I still would lean Jimbo. Again, you can do whatever you want on the Jimbo's watch. <laughs> <laughs> but it means that you could really slip a few razor blades well, in there. That's, so. true. that's true, too. <laughs> All right, and final uh, final game is West Virginia at Oklahoma State. Boy, they're really digging deep on these picks. I'm, I'm choosing these. Okay. okay. Oh, um, you're choosing these. Mike, West Virginia, surprise unbeaten. Dana Holgerson, who's got a skullet, versus Mike Gundy, who's growing a mullet. So we're going based on hairs. Well, we don't have to, but I just think they're two characters, which makes this question kind of interesting. I think you got to go mullet. I don't know if I could trust Mike Gundy's house. Mike Gundy's house, don't you think that he's so wild-eyed? He says a lot of crazy things. He screams a lot out of nowhere. He's a man. He's 40. He's actively courting like a mullet now, unironically. So he'd be like the one, you know, knocking on the door and you're knocking on like the bipolar guy's door and you don't know what's going to happen. Yes. But I think, again, I think that makes for a more fun experience. But you're looking to trust your kids, not me, Holgerson, right? Holgerson, though, it likes the drinky drinky. So. <laughs> Boy, alcohol is an issue here on a late Halloween night going. Yeah. You're well- I think I'm going Riley, man. I think I am. I like. Gundy. Uh, Gundy. I'm sorry. Mike Riley. I think I'm going Gundy. You think you trust Gundy more? Yeah, I mean, and this is probably the closest one we've had yet. But I'm going to lean Gundy. I think the mullet says a lot there because kids are going to knock thinking that's a Halloween costume and you're really participating, and you don't have to tell them how crazy he really is. Yeah, I think I lean Gundy, too, just because if Holgerson is going to show up to the door real drunk, real yeah, late. you know, in his whitey tighties with a shotgun, yeah. that's bad. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. That makes for not a good Halloween. All right, there are picks based on... <laughs> Uh, trick-or-treating the coaches' houses. Uh, hopefully this was entertaining for more people than just my buddy Pens. Uh, Pens, you owe me big time. All right, that's the PGP. Side B is coming up here now. And uh, anything more on Cauliflower Gate? No, actually, James Ward, fresh off, uh, you know, basically being in a courtroom, is finally back on the PGP. And uh, we're going to talk a little NBA amongst some other things here. Okay, very good. PGP, Side B, now. All right, it's Side B on the Permission Granted podcast. This is Mraz, the executive producer of the DA Show and host here on Side B of the PGP. And making his long-awaited return to the Permission Granted podcast and Side B 
Out of the New York City court steps comes James Ward. James, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me back. I guess the ban has been lifted. I'm good to go. I'm good to join side B, so re- ready to do it. Ready to do it. Now, I, obviously, I cannot ask you any particulars on the case that you tried, but I do have to, just because the audience is well aware uh, that that is the reason you were gone, your overall thoughts on serving on a jury now that it is over. Well, uh, I actually, I enjoyed it. It was interesting. It kind of, it was, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if interesting is the right word, but it was actually a pretty good experience. Um, the other members of the jury, like, they feel like we all kind of took it seriously for what it was. Hmm. And the you took it, you took it part, way too serious. Yeah, but I'm kind of like that. Like, I feel like that's why they picked me for the case because they knew that I would actually take it seriously and not, you know, I take it for what it was. Um, but the, the thing that the most annoying part was they really have no interest in your time and your schedule. So some days, you know, you'd be there for about a seven or eight hour window and then you'd be actually in the courthouse for like 15 minutes of it. And the rest of the time you'd just be sitting out there. So that was the one negative, but I actually overall enjoyed the experience. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, it felt pretty important. And it, it was it was definitely something different. That's I could say that for sure. Interesting. Oh, good for you. Now, uh, do we have a guilty or not guilty? Uh, a little bit, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Interesting. Okay, interesting. So James got to play the night of in court, and now he's back to his regularly scheduled job. Now, one thing I wanted to I wanted to hit on before we get to something else, because I know you're very passionate about this. We've taken to Twitter about this. Diehard Nick fan, NBA apologist. You might be the person in my life I know the most that is most excited for the start of this NBA season. Uh, and I just, I want to know why. Why am I excited for the NBA season? Like, like, I, like, love, like, I love the NBA. But Okay, maybe I should word that, but that was kind of a dry, dumb question take for me. Why do you watch Rangers Islanders on a Tuesday night? Because you love the Rangers, right? I, I love the NBA. I'm excited for the NBA season. Each season, there's so many different storylines. You look at last year, because your big complaint is that, okay, so the NBA season tips off tonight. You know it's going to be Cavaliers-Warriors in June, so why does it even matter? Yeah, I mean, and even if it's not, it's going to be one of four teams that go in the finals. We have basically 28 teams wasting their time, or whatever, 26 teams wasting their time. Yeah, but it's not wasting your time. you got to play the season, and it, the NBA has always been a league of superstars. So you looked at the 80s, you had Magic and Larry and Isaiah, and the 90s you had Michael, and then you had Kobe and Shaq, and then Tim Duncan. So there's always been these windows of stars dominating the championships. And it's it's just kind of the way it is. And I, for me, as a Knicks fan, I'm looking for my team to show improvement. Um, they added a lot of new guys. Is Porzingis capable of being a top five, top ten player in the NBA? Is is Mello, um, you know, going to revert back to the the one of the best scorers in the league? Is Rose going to stay healthy? So uh, for me, there's always storylines of things okay. that I'm interested. All right, in. he, and here's where the, this is where I get fired up about the NBA defenders and apologists. You can break down any sport and come up with storylines on individuals and everything, you know, like that. What it comes down to is we watch these sports, or at least I thought we watched these sports. Because the season becomes enjoyable, and you want to see who's the champion in the end. When you know that the far majority of your league, in comparison to other leagues, cannot win the championship, you go through an 82-game regular season that is a waste of time, 
And you are one of these suckers who get fooled into, well, look at all these individual storylines I could focus on. When the great scheme and picture of winning a title comes down to it, they don't mean anything in the scheme of the season. So, like, that's why I don't get the passion about it. And, and that's not to say that the NBA Finals or the Conference Finals aren't interesting because Cavs-Warriors last year and the year before, for that matter, I was as into that as any other sports championships, you know, ever in my life. But the regular season, again, I just find it to be a complete waste of time. And even if you like it, that's fine. But to use the term excited and fired up, like, people are saying, look how bad the NFL product is. Can't wait for the NBA to start. What? What are you talking well- about? And the thing that, and I can agree with this a little bit, the thing that people hate on with the NBA is that there are 82 games and more than half the league makes the playoffs. Right, and, so and, and nobody's first round means less than the NBA's first round. Nobody. Right, and sometimes you have bad teams in the first round. Right. But for, for me, I love the game. I love the, the product on the court. I think there are so many superstars that are so interesting to watch. And, you know, whether these guys are going to take the next next step, whether they're going to decline, how Russell Westbrook's going to do on his own, I don't care if they don't win. If we get Cavs-Warriors again, we're all going to enjoy it. That Game 7 last year was one of the best sporting events I've ever witnessed in my life. It you're right, amazing. you're right. We'll enjoy it, but why the heck should we watch any games in November then? Why? But we, kn- we knew last October that it was probably going to be Cavs-Warriors in the finals. We got it, it delivered, and it was awesome. And I, for one, loved every step of the, step of the road on the way to the championship, whether or not it was watching my Knicks win 30-plus games or whether it was the Durant-Westbrook almost upset in the playoffs against the Thunder or was it w- whether or not the Clippers were going to take another step. I think the Clippers could actually make the NBA oh, Finals this year. No, they can't. They're not going to beat the Warriors, James. If they didn't get injured last year, they might have beat the Warriors. We don't even know if Blake Griffin and Chris Paul together can get on the on the same page. I mean, there were times last year that the Clippers were better with Chris Paul on the court when Blake Griffin was out. I mean, come on. They were playing their, their best last year, and then Chris Paul broke his hand and just kiboshed the entire playoff picture. But all I'm saying is that it's not for certain and that's why we watch the games. And the product on the court is so awesome. Oh. Like, you, oh. like every night game in the no, NBA is worth watching. No, the product stinks. Because if the product was that good and there were that many superstars sprinkled throughout the league, there would be far more parity. You have the two NBA teams. has more recognizable players than any right. other major sport. Right, and I think that's where the NBA has, has pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and suckered everybody in, and it's to their credit. I give the NBA credit for this. Nobody markets their stars better. No league better than the NBA. Better than the NBA. And it doesn't matter if you win or lose. I mean, Chris Paul's in commercials. Everybody is in commercials. They're all recognizable. So, I mean, even if stars that are never going to win championships, you find them, you know it. So, you get built up for matchups, whether it's the NBA on TNT, the NBA on ESPN, and you're not even thinking about team versus team. You're going, I want to see this player play. I want to see that player play. That doesn't happen in any other sport. And that's why people watch the NBA, because they're watching for individuals. They're not watching for teams for the most part. So the NBA has done a good job of marketing their stars, but by doing that, they've fooled people like you and others who I follow on Twitter to get excited for the season when inevitably you're just, and like you mentioned the Clippers, like this is what I'm saying, like even if it's not Warriors-Cavs, how many other teams besides them can really win the title? I guess the Clippers, maybe, maybe the Spurs, nobody in the East. I mean, there, uh, you could argue that... Dwayne Wade now is signed on with the third or fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. I know Indiana's good, Boston's good. And he has flat out said, oh, yeah, we got no shot at winning the championship. What the heck are we doing here? If that's one of the the four or five best teams in the East, and they know they have no shot. Like, this, this, the NBA sucks when it comes to that. It sucks. The the NBA is a long-term growth sport. 
So we all think it's going to be Cavs Warriors or Cavs Clippers or Cavs Spurs. I agree with you. I don't think any other team in the East has a shot. But if the Knicks, say the Knicks, make an improvement this year, they win 40 games, you see some development, it gets you hyped up for next season. The NBA is looked at in like a two- or three-season window well, well, at yeah, a time. Yeah, you all want to become like, the next Warriors, like when the Warriors were grooming Thompson and Curry. I get that. Right, like the Timberwolves. <laughs> They've got Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, and and, uh, and Anthony Wiggins. They have guys that, that – you want to see their development, and you want to see how they're going to be right. in two or three years. But James, as a fan, you know, you put all the eggs in a basket. Track record tells us there are, let's say, 18 teams in the NBA who are feeling the same way you're feeling about the Knicks or Timberwolves feeling, uh, fans are feeling about their team. Odds are only one or two of those teams is going to end up being able to take that next step by maybe the end of the, uh, this year or next year. And then, you know, the other 16 teams are left there sitting going, oh, I guess we're just going to be a sixth seed for the next five years. Oh boy! Like how that's not fun to me, you know. And there was a time the NBA was my number one sport. The early two thousands, I couldn't get enough of the NBA. And I and listen, I still enjoy it. I'll still sit there and watch it. But I'm just done being fooled. I think the NBA has become the biggest waste of time of any regular season in any sport. And let let me bring it up to another sport. So you're obviously a huge Giants fan. We've talked about it a bunch on the show, right? You get pumped for every Giants season because the Giants. Most seasons, they have a legitimate chance to, to make a run in the playoffs. What if you were a Browns fan or a Jaguars fan or a Jets fan? Well, or a, Those teams have no chance of winning a Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. Well, time out. The Browns don't, but there is far less Browns. And even, you know what, the Jaguars had expectations as did the Jets coming into this year. We didn't think they were any good, but those fans at least had the chance to believe. But you they're never have- going to win the Super Bowl. Okay, but they at least could believe they have a chance because the NFL shows you if you get in, anything could happen. The NBA, it does not show you that. You know you're toast. You at least have, even if it's a 1% chance, you have that chance. You have a 0% chance in the NBA. Like, you're a Knicks fan right now. Zero zilch, not a chance they're playing in the NBA Finals this year. I'll agree with that, but that's only because they're competing against a transcendental player in LeBron James. But there, every ten years, there's another there's another player that you're competing against that's gonna you know run things here. There was Michael Jordan, there was Kobe Bryant, and Shaq, and I mean Tim Duncan. It's happened over and over and over again. You never get enough of a parity loan. And then to tell me that the game's played on such a high level, no, it's not. Because if in it the was, last you'd have four seven seven years. Six different teams have won the NBA championship. Okay, first of all, take away the Mavericks team for a sec, because the Mavericks team proved everybody wrong, and that gave us one season. Yeah, the Mavericks team had no chance. to. They won the NBA Finals as a three-seed. Right. The Mavericks are the exception to the rule. Other than that, okay, the Spurs, what, what the Celtics had a super team. It's all, these super, all going in, you knew who these teams were. You know what I mean? And how many times do you need to see LeBron in the Finals? So... LeBron being in the finals every year is what killed it for you. Yeah, you know, and like because I, aside from that, look if you look at the West, there's a different team in the finals almost every year. Yeah, but it's the same kind of couple teams until a new team comes and takes that cycle, then they'll be in that cycle of teams. Like the Spurs are always there. Like the Lakers are down, but the Warriors rose back up. Like you never look at a playoff picture like you would in the NHL baseball or football and go, "Oh man, any one of these teams can make a run here." Like, like, I don't know, man. I just find it frustrating. That's that's my argument. And, that, you know, as long as we're talking NBA here and we did an NHL preview with Berman that I'm sure nobody listened to on the Permission Grant podcast, <laughs> we'll do an NBA preview. <laughs> Who's your finals pick, James? Go ahead. Give me your NBA finals pick. I'm going to go outside of the box. I'm going to say Clippers-Cavs. I really like the Clippers this year. I thought they could have done it last finals. year without the injuries. 
And let's face it, if I pick Warriors-Cavs, it's the chalk pick, and it doesn't matter. So I'm taking Clippers-Cavs. A little bit of an upset there. Warriors super team losing the Western Conference Finals. You know who I'm picking to go to the NBA Finals this year? Who? The Warriors and Cavs, because those are the only two teams that could go to the Finals this year. (laughs) Well, when it's Clippers-Cavs, we'll remember this podcast, and you'll look at me, smile, and say I was right. Just idiotic. I just, I can't take it. Do you have an NBA MVP? Ah, uh, yeah, I I do. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Kevin Durant. You think? Dur- See, the problem with the Durant pick for me is I don't know if he's gonna get the same numbers he got in previous years. I'm going the opposite effect of that, and I'm taking Russell Westbrook. I think Westbrook could score 35 points a game this year. Didn't we already see the Thunder though? What they look like, you know, with with just Westbrook, it wasn't that pretty. I yeah, mean, unless, I think- unless you think Oladipo adds that much to them now. I like Oladipo. Oladipo's good. This, I'll give you another another guy that could potentially win the MVP that probably won't happen just because there's so many people out there that hate him. James Harden. He's got a new coach, Mike D'Antoni. He's going to run the ball all up and oh. down the court. Harden's going to average 30 points a game. It wouldn't surprise me if he was the MVP either. You know, my D'Antoni being hired by the Rockets just shows what I'm talking about. Like, why would they hire? They know they're not going to win an NBA Finals. They're hiring them to sell tickets and run an up-tempo offense with Harden with no shot at winning the Finals. Like, that's what the NBA's become. Because he's right. not getting you anywhere. No, their ceiling's like a three or four seed. What a disaster. I, I'm so aggravated by the start of this NBA season. I really am. It's just so, these super teams have just, I know there's been super teams in the past, but now it's just more prevalent than ever. They've ruined it for me. Absolutely ruined it. I can't take yeah. it. But the, to me, that stuff's always been there. Like, the the Celtics of the 80s had a big three. The Lakers, Showtime Lakers, everyone on that team is, was an all-star. Uh, the Pistons in the 90s, they had their, their guys. Every team has always been loaded with superstars. The reason why the Knicks didn't win in the 90s was they only had one superstar, and they were competing against teams with two or three or four. So, it to me, it's always been there, and it... it it's kind of what I really like about the league because I like watching these, you know, mono a mono matchups and seeing how LeBron's going to play against Curry or how Duncan was going to play against LeBron or if Dirk was going to be able to to beat the the Miami Heat's big three. You look at that 2011 Mavericks team; it's a complete anomaly that they even won the finals. What was the name but, of the What was the name of the point guard of the Mavericks that year that everybody fell in love with and then became nothing after that? Uh, was it it was Devin Harris? No, was it Berea? Boy. Jay Berea was the little guy. I feel like Francesa now. The little guy, you know, the little guy was. Dribbling. Yeah, it was JJ Berea. <laughs> Speaking of Francesa, before I let you go, did you hear we played it on the show Monday when Joe was in the breast pump thing at Yankee Stadium? No, I didn't hear that. Okay, well, Dad, are you aware what the Yankees are doing? As a Yankee fan, you might be sickened by this. Yeah, they're. I heard they're adding some like kid stuff and like a pumping station. And, yeah, like, so I'm, so women now are gonna be able to go into this room and basically plug in a breast pump and, and basically have a pump sucking at you know their you know heebie-jeebies up there pumping out milk uh, while basically the Cotton Eye Joe is playing in between the sixth inning. I mean, what <laughs> ha- James, what has become of the Yankees? We're flickering lights. We're having Star Wars nights. So now we got a breast pump room. See, I don't mind the breast pump room. I think if if a, if a woman wants her own space and she's got a pump, she's got to have a place to go. I, it would well, drive well, me totally <laughs> crazy if they had a mascot. A mascot's the next step. Okay, I agree with that. 
But you, now you're saying privacy. I interpreted this like it's like a big room with multiple chairs and multiple outlets. You're thinking it's just a one a one stall room for the breast pump. Yeah, I bet it's like a like a bathroom situation. But so one room, they, you know, what if there's multiple women looking to pump? There could be a long line there. I don't know. Do you think there's going to be a line to get into the pump room? I would assume if you go to a game, right? Like if you got like your wife who just had a baby or whatever. And she's like, I don't know if I want to go to the game. And the husband goes, listen, you you, you could pump your breasts there. You could pump them. You could you could totally pump in the, you in know the what? pump room. You're right. Get bleacher seats. I'll come. I'll use the pump room. I would assume if you're building a pump room, there's got to be a demand for the breast pump room. I can't believe we're even having this conversation. Therefore, <laughs> you would need a little space there and just can't have it be a one-person situation. I picture this being basically like a gallery of women with their, uh, you know, I guess hooters, if you want to call them, hanging out. <laughs> Uh, with pumps, <laughs> pumps attached, no men allowed, and it's just women there pumping away, talking to each other about, you know, whatever. You're, yeah, I, you're saying no. I mean, you're saying it's like a one-person bathroom. Yeah, it just is, it's like an added amenity. I don't, Instead of like a guest service area, there's like a there's a pump area. So what do you go up to the usher dusting off your seat and you go, excuse me, sir, where can I pump my, bre- my breast? And he yeah. goes, oh, go to section 212, it's back there. 212, we got a pumping room over there. <laughs> Come on. What are we doing? He's in the New York Yankees. Hey, the New Yankee Stadium is so much about everything else other than baseball that nothing surprises me. I mean, you got, like, there's no one, no one ever sits in their seats because it's, there's so many other things to do aside from watching the game. And I guess, I mean, recently the product hasn't been that interesting, so I guess they need all these other amenities to get people to go to the games, but... Nothing surprises me. Just don't have a clown mascot like Mr. Met. That's all I'm asking. No mascots. That's all James wants. All right. Well, you can follow James on Twitter at James Ward CBS and me on Twitter at Mirage CBS. And the question we're posing to our PGP listeners here. Number one, is James right? Do you think that the breast pumping room is for one person or am I right? It's going to be a gallery of women in there pumping breasts in a, uh, in a, a living room, so to speak. And question number two, are you excited for the NBA like James or are you with me that this regular season doesn't mean anything and I'll get pumped up when the NBA finals that we know are happening roll around. James, those sound like fair questions to post to our listeners? Sounds like fair questions to me. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this riveting PGP. Welcome back to James Ward here. Uh, fresh out of court. We're happy to have him back. And enjoy your weekend, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 